Welcome to the 3v3 Podcast, your socially distanced hockey chat show. Here are your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. If you are looking for, as of Sunday, this will be released on Tuesday. If you're looking for a uh, five-minute elevator review of the Avs Wings um, ESPN documentary, their rivalry, you'll have to look elsewhere because none of us have watched it yet. <laughs> yes, as as of this recording, it was released a scant three hours ago. You haven't jumped on it yet? What's up with you? Well, I had this thing that I needed to do, you know. Yeah. I'm not in the mood for it right now. Let's just put it that way. Mm-hmm. There's a hockey game on later, you know. Saving it for the true off season? Which may be later tonight. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of the apps. <laughs> yeah, con- congratulations or condolences <laughs> per your favorite team for their performance in Sunday's game. As I don't have mystic powers to stare into the future, I can't tell you who is going to win or who is going to lose. But I will know one thing for certain the cup will be in the building. Mm-hmm. No, I am. I am sure next show will be um, will will be a, a love fest of the um, of the documentary. At least for me, I'm pretty sure. With some mild gripes about how it was too short and should have been a four part series. Yes. Um, well, yes. <clears throat> I'll just watch it four times. How's that? <laughs> and it's then a I'll, start. And then I will project upon um, my my each of my viewings. I'll pause it and then go into my own little sections that I believe should have been pulled out and done into you know much longer sections. Basically, anything to do with Peter Forsberg or Patrick Waugh. Um <laughs> and Brendan Shanahan. <laughs> but, uh, and and a few others. Mm. You know, the the again, you know, I've said it before and I'll say it again, you know, the whole Mike Vernon, Patrick Waugh thing should have been its own 90-minute. Easily. Mm-hmm. But that would require a little more effort and a few more staff members. This was probably put together by four or five people. Meanwhile, you compare, I guess it wasn't the last dance, the Michael Jordan miniseries that was last summer or two time blah 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 um i'm sure they had a mountain of people working on that well they had to because they had to go and um uh, scrub you know the bajillions of hours of film footage whereas you know good luck finding anybody who was filming hockey stuff back then even now and you know michael jordan's ego would have demanded that anyway not just his ego (laughs) you know not just his ego look all the players in the abs red wings rivalry they all had egos they're just too um but they weren't michael jordan level egos that that's that's something I don't know. Patrick Waugh's pretty. <laughs> well, okay, with, with, with the possible exception of Patrick Waugh. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Joe Sackick, uh, we can debate that, but even he has an ego. Let's, you know. Save it, save it for next week. One of my all-time favorite players. Kind of notorious for being a little, you know. I mean, if I said the the two words Sergey and Fedorov, <laughs> you know, this is true. No, you are correct. So, coaching. Speaking of Sergey Fedorov, Uh-oh. coaches. Oh boy, the coaching carousel sure has turned around and around and around, hasn't it? Oh, I'm so glad you brought us here. I have thoughts. But what direction should we go in first? Uh, you know what? You drive this train. Okay. Let me ask a question of both of you. You see, I said train because it doesn't matter driving a train. You're just literally putting on the gas and putting on the brake. You're on the, you're on the track. <laughs> the track tells you where to go. You're just on the and we have no control whether this derails or not because the track is what it is. This is true. Oh, it's going to derail because this is us, but, you know, that's all right. That's what people expect of us these days. <laughs> anyway. How many coaches do you know that went on to win the Jack Adams or, or at least be a finalist, then go on to somewhat flounder in preceding years? After all, th- this award is exceeding expectations. After all, I get. How does one exceed expectations in hockey, though? Well, here's the thing. What were the expectations for the Florida Panthers at the beginning of the season? Playoffs. They'd make the playoffs. They'd be there, you know, there or thereabouts, but they'd make the playoffs. I think it was widely, mm-hmm. you know, I think it was widely sort of accepted. They had a really good end of last season. Players were starting to come into their own. Ekblad would be back. Um, Spencer Knight showed some signs, you know, that he was he was close to taking the reins. So a lot of, myself included, a lot of people had them knocking at the door of the playoffs. I had them kind of comfortably in. I did not have them doing what they did. No. I mean, President's Trophy is one thing. Yeah. They did exactly what they were designed to do. They were just ill-matched against a playoff-tested team in the Tampa Bay Lightning. They... A rookie head coach in his first full year of being behind the bench, maybe second. Um, Not even a full out, year, really. Yeah. He, he's new to this whole behind the bench thing. Got outclassed by someone who, who knows how to tinker in the right moments. And the wrong ones, because he's a coach in the NHL, of course. <laughs> yeah, somebody's, somebody who also appears to be pretty damn good at motivation. And, and, you know, steering people away from the low lows and living too high in the highs, right? 
because yeah. it's all about sort of keeping your energy level and positivity. Positivity. Um, keeping Don't all be of toxic those... about it. Yeah, you know. I guess in I guess in the NHL, it's accepted that toxic positivity is a good thing, but. I, I don't I I don't get that from him. I get it from some others, but I kind of don't get it from him. Right. I think he's more of a pragmatist. And in that pragmatism, it's it was one game, you know? We're okay. You know, it's it's my favorite saying in the world was Gretzky wasn't Gretzky every night. You know, people the 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 myth of Gretzky was that he was potting five goals a game, you know, for the entirety of his career, you know, ten point type nights, and I watched nights when he looked horrible and didn't even get a point, you know, early in the eighties, even in the mid parts of his career. So it's it's how you manage those that allows that team to do what they've done, right? You know, go down 2-0 in, in a series against the Rangers. Yeah, okay. You know. We learned our lesson. we got to figure out what to do. You know, we need to, everybody needs to hunker down, but I'm not going to dwell on it. You know, I think that's what it is. They don't dwell on anything like that. So, anyway. So, derail. Choo-choo. Um, poor Andrew. I mean, whether he wanted it or not, right? Yeah, I heard I heard some rumblings that he was kind of eager to take a step back because there was some inclination that he didn't want the full time job right at that point, or he was looking for maybe more of a management path, and he was doing this for reasons I don't know. But <clears throat> yeah, so I'm just pulling up his kind of history. In hockey ops since he retired. And, you know, he's bounced between front office and assistant coach up until this season. And, you know, let a guy figure it out. But I don't know what happened between him and the Panthers, whether he was having discussions about whether he really wanted to do this. And we can parlay this into a Barry Trotz talk too. Something just fell off and there have been discussions coming from Elliot Friedman about something in this process wasn't handled right. Well, by whom? I do. I didn't think for one minute he should have just been gifted this job. Even if he did want it, because I don't necessarily think he was the right person for the right time. He, he was great for keeping his hands on the ship and having it, you know, continue to go straight on the tracks. And they just happened to derail when they met the lightning. So, so to keep our train, our train, you know, he was, he was in charge of a train that was already going. So all he had to do was, you know, slow down for the bends and, and the, and the speed up for the hills. Right. Yeah. Uh, longtime listeners of the program will know we, of course, had that scripted and planned you know, <laughs> several days in advance. Of course. of course. Sorry, what show are you talking about again? <laughs> uh, is this show. not 32 turds? 
No, no. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm on the wrong Skype call. Mm -hmm. uh, 32 <laughs> plops, as I like to call oh. it. Oh. Uh, and, and parlaying. Parlay? Yes, parlay. I'd like to parlay. Um, God, I love Barry Trotz doing that. I love Barry Trotz going, mm, I don't think so this year. I'm good. <laughs> Like all, this, all these rumors of him going to Winnipeg, and he's looking around going, no, I'm good. <laughs> I think so. Well, not only that, he said it to Philly, which is a wise choice. Yeah. He may or may not have said it to Detroit. We don't know, because Iserman only talks when it's about documentaries from his playing days, apparently. Mm-hmm. The three of us don't know that for a fact because we haven't started watching. But waiting a year, seeing who gets their house in order. <laughs> and and that's exactly, you know, looking at the, the, the landscape of the jobs that were available to him. You are Barry Trotz. The only one I think he might have had an inkling of is Vegas, but then seeing how Vegas has managed their coaches and other players, that would have been a red flag. And Winnipeg, nope. I would. I don't blame him for not taking Winnipeg. Dallas, nope. Philly, nope. So See, many, Dallas would have been the interesting one, I thought. So many front office train wrecks, though. I mean, Dallas is probably the least of them. <laughs> But still, <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. There, it's they have two big problems, and it's their two highest salaried players, and they're trying to not make that mistake again. Meanwhile, they're actually drafting well, maybe not completely developing well, and they're going to walk away from someone like. Um, oh, summer brain setting in forty-seven in green. Oh, he's already gone, Radulov. Radulov, thank you. Yeah, he's already gone. I don't blame him. Um, you know, Radulov's been in decline. He had an Radulov's, so yeah. Sagan can probably put up a decent year now that he's he's never going to be the player he once was. He's not going to rekindle anything. He is like Taylor Hall. He went through a stretch and he's just going to have to readjust, but he had a hip injury. It takes a while. Jamie Ben is the classic. Yeah, we, we purchased way too high. Yeah. That he brick walled hard. Mm-hmm. Did you know the funny thing about him is, is he may have brick walled, but he won't go down. Um, <laughs> I was waiting. I was waiting. Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> Never not funny. I know. Never not true, apparently, either. Yeah. Well, I, if that sort of thing makes it to the fans, then you know what? It's no longer in your control anyway. So You best. You, you best just Buckle up, because you're be no able longer... to laugh at yourself, because it's yep. not going away. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm so sadly, sadly disappointed that nobody has um, made a sign specifically for him when he gets, when he gets a penalty called against him. So nobody sitting around him in the penalty boxes made a sign specifically for him, along those lines. <laughs> mm. 
So, um, Dallas, I, you know, I, I hope, I hope beyond all hope, Jake Ottinger was it a carry, a a Jim Carrey net detective. Remember? No, I don't. Yes, I don't think he is, but he is Carter Hart right now. Carter really? Hart came in and had a certain team in front of him, and they performed well. I think Ottinger is is more talented, has better skill set than Carter Hart. But look what happened to Philly's defense, and then look what's going to happen to Dallas's defense. Okay, they stabilized a little by bringing in Ryan Suter last offseason. They're more than likely going to, you know, to lose – are they going to lose more than um, just uh, wow I really am in summer brain mode today (laughs) all the names are just leaving my head it is so this is me all the time (laughs) sounds like how many syllables Pat sounds like Uh, he's going to Seattle because it's been foretold because he's Scandinavian in nature it's John Klingberg it just took me a second I had to get there oh my god string of connections uh, yeah, of course, Scandinavian, y'all sure you betcha, come up here, I live just, in I Ballard. Just, I just had to close all my map tabs and open oh, up no. my rosters. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, Pat, promise, no no Pacific Northwest geography or location talk this week. Uh-huh. <laughs> now from, that you've said that. From me. From me. Um. <laughs> now that you've said that. Actually, you know, Barry Trot's, uh, the thought that I had with him going back to him for a second is that, um, you know, the salary cap is going up, what, a million this next year? I think next two years still it's a million and then they should be done. Right. And so uh, there are a lot of teams right now that uh, are not in great shape with their salary caps. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, there's going to be a number of teams this coming season where they're going to be playing, or they're not going to have a 23-man ro- or 20-man roster suited up on the bench. They won't be able to. You know, they just won't have that room in the salary cap to put 20 guys on the bench or in a game. It's going to be like, you know, 18 or 17 or something. Like other teams have done in the recent past. And so um, if I were him, I'd be looking around too going, I don't want any of this because that's going to really suck for a lot of teams and I don't want to be a part of that. Trying to manage your roster, trying to manage who's in your game, your game day roster with the salary cap in mind is going to be so excruciatingly painful for so many teams. Maybe, maybe. Unless, unless there's like a sudden rush of everybody going to LTIR, you know, but. Uh, well, another, you know what another name for LTIR is? Hmm. Arizona. Arizona. <laughs> no, oh, Arizona. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> You know, Arizona or even Buffalo. They're going to start laundering contracts through Arizona. Yeah. From and Buffalo. And maybe Seattle, too. 
you know, hey, we'll, 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 uh, like you said, you know, we'll Ozark some money for you guys to make a trade to get this salary off your books, you know, mm-hmm. trade him to us with a second round pick and we'll in turn retain know, salary and trade him to whoever so, you were going to trade him to. Yeah, exactly. You know, for a third round pick and a prospect. Right. But see, that's not going to be a coaching decision though. That's no. going to be. Well, well, in theory, bring up Seattle. Ron Francis has never made a coaching change ever as a general manager. Well, that's disappointing. That's, <laughs> Wait, did I say that out loud? <laughs> that's right. He let he let them walk, didn't he? No, no, he was fired before the other guy was allowed to walk. And then he named the the he, he picked the milk toast option that was available to him and knowing he he picked his Jeff Blaschel. Whether what? whether he really realizes he did that, that that's who he chose and Dave Haxtall. Uh, so here's my question. It was Waddell. Uh, and then Francis, uh-huh. Francis is the one who hired Peters. Okay, correct. Okay, and, yeah. and he wow. he was on a shoestring budget, so get someone who clearly doesn't want to invest in haircuts, amongst other things. Yeah. So, Trotz has the ability to sit tight because he's still being paid by the Islanders. But how many teams can afford to bring someone in from outside the organization? Basically, have the cash flow to do it midseason coming up. How many teams are going to need to, right? Seattle might. Because I think there will be different Uh, expectations. Not, Not necessarily legitimate, but... I I have the succinct feeling they are writing this and their next NHL coach is um is is what's his face in uh, uh Coachella? I was, I was trying to come up with a clever way of saying their next coach is is packing his his sequins jumpsuits you know for the reprisal of Disco Dan Bilesma. Mm-hmm. In Coachella, I have, I have. That's my sneaking suspicion. That's what I wrote earlier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look, I, it's it's the next coach of the Kraken. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's because they will have, and that's kind of what I'm saying. I think they're just going to ride out at least a couple of years. You know, we've all speculated on what Haxtell's contract looks like and i my suspicion was it was three years i suspect, and that would be mine as well yeah, yeah i i suspect they'll write out that three years um because that will give disco dan two with kids that are in the system and coached. that he coached and then after two years some of them will probably be ready to start kicking at the door of the big team So, you know, it kind of makes, and I hate saying this because Cassie's just, her eyes are probably going to roll so far around 
that there may be a small shift. It, in it's going to be the Syracuse, uh, uh, exactly. uh, Tampa it's, pipeline is what you're saying. Yeah. You know, a little bit of that, a little bit of the Bruce Boudreaux and, you know, Hershey to the Washington, right? I mean, that seems logical because why would you, one, want to hire a former NHL coach as your minor league coach? And two, why would a former NHL coach agree to be hired as your minor league coach? Well, I think... I, when he could so, have had jobs elsewhere. You know, that's what could, I, I, I... I'm going to speculate. Obviously, all of this is speculation. I have no inside knowledge whatsoever. Um, please consult your doctor before trying, Patrick. Um, <laughs> if you're allergic to anything, Patrick... Um, please do not take Patrick and seek medical help immediately. Um, my speculation is he didn't want to be an assistant anymore, and his name wasn't sitting top tier for any NHL jobs that would allow him to shine. You know, hey, you can go be the coach of the Arizona Coyotes. Great, that's a death knell, right? Mm-hmm. So go do this right go make a splash in the ahl because you know that's kind of what you did last time you know go make a splash in the ahl and you'll get your name back out there and if it happens to be your team your your parent team that pulls you up after their coach walks or gets fired then you can you know you're familiar you've got everything in in uh, everything in internal knowledge wise and go well, and then here's the added bonus for Belsma is that Coachella is starting the season in Seattle because their arena isn't finished. Yeah, so he'll be able to find a house up here somewhere, you know. You know, he'll be able to look around and say, okay, in two years when I'm named as head coach, I want to go ahead and get that place, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, that'll be gone in, like, two months. No, I, what I admit, though, is Francis will be able to, like, doesn't have to travel and just can watch. Oh yeah, yeah. I. They're scouting each other. Yeah. <laughs> so Bilesma last season, I think he had this agreement in place because he was an assistant coach with the Charlotte Checkers of the AHL, which was a shared affiliate with Florida. Waiting until you know, the Firebirds franchise could be launched so the AHL could could get to 32 teams. So when he was named, I was not surprised. I was like, I already thought they made, they announced all this, but you know, yeah, see, got to stay relevant in the off season, I guess. Yeah. Well, especially up here where I'm looking outside and it's 90 degrees and it's absolutely gorgeous up here today. It's sunshiny. The bluest skies I've ever seen are in Seattle. He, he, here's an interesting question for you both. Before he was high, before he was recalled from uh, Scranton Wilkesboro and won that cup, do you know how many years of coaching experience Bilesma had? Didn't he start in college? I remember. I haven't looked up. Bosma in a long time. I want to say it was two. Five. Okay. AHL assistant coach his first year right after retirement. Hiring. Yeah. Basically, he was he was ping ponged between. I don't think he was quite player coach at this point, but he's ping ponging 
between Anaheim and their affiliate. So he goes on to be assistant with them his next season. Gets an assistant job with the Islanders coming out of the lockout. An assistant coach for two years with the Penguins AHL team. Then he gets the head coach job for a year. Okay. Oh, and I, by the way, he he didn't even finish that year as head coach because he got recalled to the Penguins. He right. had never had a full season of head coaching experience. Which, I, I forgot about the Islanders stint. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So he kind of bounced around a little, and that's what he's kind of done the last few years too. So I think your instinct might be right there, Patrick. Yeah, it's, it's you know, you, you – you can't be in line for an NHL job if your name's not out there. Mm-hmm. And his and his name's, you know, it's hard to have your name out there. You know, <laughs> when I say the Beatles, nobody thinks George Harrison, right? They think Lennon and McCartney, right? So you got to find some way to become your Lennon or McCartney. Well, hockey, hockey's all about is all about that, right? Who you know and how big of a name you are. Or at least maybe not how big of a name, but if your name is, if you're being talked about, if there's a reason why people are talking about you, that's good. Yeah, yeah. You have, you, have you done anything impressive? Right. So, and it's, and that's why they keep going back to the well of of recycling all the retreads repeatedly. It's because, oh, I know that guy. I know that guy's name. I'm gonna like do something about that. Why? And also, why? You know, there's a lot of second generation NHLers because people are going after the easy the easy scouting. Oh yeah, that's that's a that's Kachuk's kid. That's keep Kachuk's well, kid. It's also, that, that it's also that and they're the only ones that can afford to play at a certain level that gets scouted <laughs> yeah. at this point. It's... There is that too, yes. Uh yeah. Boy howdy. Ain't that the frickin' truth? I I hope Dallas enjoys their one fantastic season. And anybody that signs the board to a four-year contract should have their head examined. (laughs) They made the worst hire they possibly could have. Yep. Yep. That is, well, uh, you know, could be could be worse. You could be uh, um, you could be Sweeney, who's in talks for a, a extension, contract extension, which is pretty much a death knell when it comes to, you know, keeping your job <laughs> after you fired the head coach who immediately got snatched up by another team. Well, <laughs> he was just doing what was told of him, and oh, I know. because he wants. He wants to be obedient slash get another contract. Right. Corporate yes, man. Mm-hmm. Well, will Patrice Bergeron be that corporate yes, man to, to supplant the income? He will most certainly give up this upcoming season. Yeah, boy, saying a bonus laden, bonus laden contract and incentive, bonus laden incentive contract, incentive laden bonuses. God, English. Um, it's hard. Yeah, when you're looking at, you know, three quarters of your roster gone for six months. Have fun, Patrice. 
-hmm. And given that they have less than two million in cap space just available to them today, Luckily, they actually do not. Ha- I think he's about the only player they absolutely have to sign right now. Provided they actually have someone in the AHL that could just be a fourth line plug and play player. <laughs> yeah. In I was trying AHL? to avoid to say it that way. Yeah. In the Which AHL? they don't. <laughs> which they don't, which is... Old. No, they're, gonna, they're hoping to draft that guy in the first round. <laughs> and how so well it's going that... to be a European so they can immediately play in the AHL. Okay, I see where you're going here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how how well has that drafting worked for them? Remind me again. As as somebody as somebody tweeted the happy anniversary picture of the, that six those six draft picks, you know, Zaboral, <laughs> DeBrusque, Sinitian. Followed by Barzell, Connor, and Shabbat by three other teams. Oh yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll. I'm sure they'll land that center in that draft pick. Because mm-hmm. everyone does, right? Yeah. <laughs> everyone does. Yeah. Oh no! Wait, no, no. They have to. They hockey. This is hockey we're talking about. So they're not drafting best at position that they need. They're just drafting best whatever. So first round is definitely going to be a defender then. So they probably won't even get a center until like the third round. Because, you know, hockey men. Oh, dear God. (laughs) So outside of Detroit, who else needs a coach? And Winnipeg, obviously. Boston. Um, Boston still doesn't Boston. Have... Eh, It's going to be Jay Leach, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. I, think that's, I think that's done and dusted. Um, San Jose needs a general manager and likely a coach. Well, they're just going to ride out the Bugner train, hope to tank the season, um, and... kind of, kind of depends on who's the GM. Well, you see, one way to stay relevant with the local fan base is to draft the best player available in the upcoming draft. That's what I hear. <sighs> Otherwise, routine mediocrity won't get you there. So, you know, I guess I guess Mike Rathje's got to be in there somewhere, right? He still lives in San Jose. He's a local yeah. guy. <laughs> the number of former sharks in line for the GM, it's just mind-boggling. It's just absolutely mind-boggling. Well, he was a former player here, and that makes him qualified? <laughs> oh, that's Are these stuff. markets <laughs> such unicorns that you've had to spend more than, a, you know, 14 days over the course of a couple seasons there to really understand it? And what does a general manager's understanding of the market need to do, uh, fall into his ability to do his job? They shouldn't be running the marketing department anymore. I thought we've gotten past all that. Exactly. Because it's not like there are a ton of draft-eligible San Jose natives that they can pull from that will really, you know, drive season ticket sales. Having lived in that area, uh, that wouldn't drive ticket sales anyway. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> exactly. most people who live in the Bay Area, it's like Seattle. They come from other parts of the country. They don't and, care. And, and okay, 
you've you've poked one of my pet peeves. San Jose is not the Bay Area. It is like literally a hundred miles away from water. No, it's not. There's yes, there's, it is. There's like one town between it and the and the uh, um, Salt Flats, which is part of the Bay. <laughs> yeah, but their current, their past general managers don't know that either. I can't think of the name of the town offhand. It starts with an M, I think. Damn it, now you're going to make me open up Google Maps. <laughs> it's not Milpitas. It is Milpitas. What, they can't get to Monterey Bay? What are we talking about here? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, nope. San Jose does actually hit the bay. The city limits actually go out all the way to all these zones. Sorry. Yeah, Seattle actually hits Canada because the city limits, you know. Anyway. <laughs> it has shoreline. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. And I've got a lake view. <laughs> of, course it, of course, it requires it to be fall. All of the trees to have dropped their leaves, and for me to be standing, you know, on the railing at the edge of my house, then I can see the lake. But I've got a lake view. It still counts <laughs> when it comes to reselling your house later. Trust me, I know. So I brought up Arizona, and then you took the bait, eh? So Tempe went and did Tempe things. So they won't they be did. Tempe or Airy. <laughs> uh, dad jokes. But you know what? One of the interesting things about this is through all the Glendale meetings, everything was noisy. Everything in Tempe is quiet. Yeah, it's Similar situation to what's happening in Ottawa right now, too. Yeah. Doesn't mean, I think in Ottawa's situation, it is a very good thing. Yes. Tempe, well, it left a people lot on both sides seem to be happy, at least. Basically, there's money to be made for them, not so much for the taxpayers, but well, very little taxpayer money is affected. Right, and that's, that's the part I think kind of surprised a lot of people is that they're willing to pony up, I think it was like 90% or something, 95% um, of the construction cost with the um, development rights and everything else being shared and something else, I forget what it was. But yeah, it, was a, it almost reminded me of the Oakview Group deal up here for the remodeling of Key. You know, where it was all, we'll finance it, but guess what? We're also going to run it. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm wondering if that, that Ottawa deal, you know, Le Breton Flats or whatever they're going to call it, it just, you know, it, it, <laughs> it just reminds me of that, uh, that 30 for 30 documentary about John Spano, who tried to, Basically, <laughs> fake his way into buying the Islanders, mm-hmm. and he was and he was going to do it by selling the rights to develop the property around the arena. <laughs> and that and kind how'd of, that turn out? 
Well, it didn't turn out because he turns out he didn't have the money to actually buy the team. But, you know, if somebody did actually have the money to buy the team and did the same thing, you know, there's a lot more money for them to be made, which is why I wonder how much the NHL um, sat down Ottawa, the city representatives in Ottawa, and the partners that are holding the team, you know, in trust for the kids and said, get something done now, get something public, get something publicly done now and announced, and we will help you sell the team because we'll make more money. So you, you, you and you, you two little lawyer groups go sit in a room. Let's get this done. And, you know, we'll find you a new owner soon. And his name won't be John Spano. Or Paul Silly. Well, how quiet, <laughs> how quiet has he been, right? Well, his companies had to shutter some products. Yeah. Yeah. Flash no longer has the money to make a deal. Well, I mean, if he if he didn't diversify when he had the money, then he's an idiot and deserves what he gets. <laughs> but maybe Bingo. that's just me. <laughs> Bingo. B-I-N-G-O, B-I-N-G-O, B-I-N-G-O. And Bingo was his name. Oh, oh man, there's a bald eagle up there sailing. Yeah, I think we've reached that point in the show. Mm-hmm. Squirrel. Here. No, thanks. <laughs> Could be root beer. Uh, yeah, this is true. Could be ginger beer. Mm-hmm. Beauty of the non-alcoholic variety, which is my preference, personally, but you know. This has been the 3v3 Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at 3v3Podcast. We're available for NHL consulting at reasonable fees.